0: Welcome, one and all, to Lower Decks, a Star Trek podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial Star Trek podcast. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. only frequencies are open.
1: This guy sucks. Lower Decks, a Star Trek podcast by Fantastic Geek for episode 410. Old friends, new planets. Comes to you now via indestructible Trinar shield.
0: Pete just yesterday we had lots of talk on marvel studios saturday regarding not only loki episode 205 but also some discussion as to the health of uh, marvel studios in general the health of the marvel cinematic universe here we are pete with star trek chugging along doing just fine weirdly no no doom and gloom articles on variety about old star trek universe
1: We've long discussed across our Star Trek podcasts that the franchise is at its best when it is up against the wall. We don't we haven't had a situation like that yet with Marvel, and they're going through some troubles right now. Um, this, of course, as we get ready for um, the Marvels this week, Um, So you've got Captain Marvel uh, you can go back and listen to on our Marvel movie podcast. You've got WandaVision that you can check out. You've got Miss Marvel, all those podcasts, either on their independent feeds or back through our pop culture podcast. And we will gear up and podcast The Marvels on The Marvels Monday, November 13th
0: sticking with the mcu for a moment it's been announced in the last couple days that the echo series will drop on disney plus january 10th all the episodes all five episodes at once uh and the question you and i had was what's the best way for us to podcast a show that can be binged essentially in one certainly in one day if not one evening not quite sure the episode lengths uh so up on our patreon free to all patrons and non-patrons alike there's a poll to help give us some thoughts there. How do you want your Echo podcast uh, delivered to you? Kind of in, in, you know, in, in what time timeframe? Uh, so already some good feedback there, but I think there's about 13 days left on the poll. So can't wait to see what people think.
1: Yes, go and check it out. See something you like and uh, want to uh, be part of the Patreon page even better. But you can get at that poll for free.
0: Also, Pete, since uh, our last podcast, since yesterday's podcast, uh, the studios have made to SAG-AFTRA uh, the last, best, and final offer. Um, of course, they u- the studios used the exact same wording with the writers like six weeks ago, and it was laughed at. And then further, you know, like further additions were then asked for by the writers. Like you know, they were almost there, but last, best, final was not last nor best nor final. Maybe this strike is in the home stretch. It certainly seems to be. But, uh, you know, we'll see what the coming days bring us.
1: Yeah, it's almost as if uh, these studios have never negotiated with anyone ever um, in terms of motivating people. But uh, yeah, they're thinking it over. And uh, hopefully we can find the common ground here and get things back into production. Matt, as you pointed out on uh, Twitter, on the uh, Patreon poll as well, all of our franchises, uh, Star Trek, Star Wars, Marvel, all have something squirreled away, and it's a question of how they're going to let it out. But nothing new being made right now. The longer that stretches out, the more it could impact how those things are released.
0: And, uh, Pete, I understand, though I'm not a viewer of uh, the, the Will Wheaton after show, I understand that he's shared some footage of the next, nay, final season of Discovery, which is still dated 2024, but that's a perfect example of, you know, they finished filming that last spring, and oh, I mean, yes, there's been lower decks and so forth, but oh, gee whiz, they don't have a date yet because they're still figuring out their calendar because they're keeping an eye on the strike.
1: Yes, this final season now, once just a fifth season, now the end that they went back and kind of rejiggered the final, as I understand, two episodes and Jonathan Frakes is involved with that as a director. So good there. But very, very little new in this. It was not a full trailer. It was essentially, here's a lot of footage you've seen before. Um, yeah, so that they've not committed past of the year, which we've known for some time, uh, that uh, they're still hedging their bets as to when the labor strife will be resolved. So stay tuned on that one. They may, and I'm not trying to make
0: everything about you know, i'm not trying to say that you and i and our listeners represent the audience and mass but it could be that you know it could be that star trek inc is like so when does the next star wars show come out because we would love to overlap or not overlap you know whatever it is there could be some of that as well um but pete sticking with star trek here we have promised to deliver since paramount movie studio has said that work is feverishly underway for star trek kelvin 4 we have brought the vow to bring weekly updates in that arena so pete bring us the latest star trek kelvin 4 news
1: zach quinto had a pilot um uh, taken to series at uh nbc which
0: he'll get time off of to film the new movie right maybe okay. <laughs> or, or maybe not maybe he's under contract for a thing and other contracts let's not forget when kelvin four was announced uh, not in the initial post star trek beyond announcement but when when there was the surprise announcement what about a year ago all the casts are to text each other and said have you heard about do you have a deal do you have a deal did did pine get a deal pine nobody has a deal for this so uh, pete it seems like his dance card is full right now um but pete let's bring it truly home here to lower decks uh we'll dig into the episode in a moment want to note that this time next week we will have our season wrap our final star trek sunday for the foreseeable future until discovery returns uh yes looking
1: looking back at this season and looking ahead to the planned and possible final
0: fifth season well with that pete let's head into our ready rundown
1: program complete enter when ready
0: The crew of the USS Cerritos faces their most formidable adversary yet, Captain Nick Locarno, a former Starfleet Academy classmate of Mariner. Locarno, still harboring resentment towards Starfleet for a past incident that led to the death of one of his Nova Squad teammates, has formed a rogue fleet of captured alien vessels seeking to challenge the established order. Mariner, initially intrigued by Locarno's rebellious spirit, soon realizes that his motives are far from noble and that he is no different from the power-hungry Starfleet captains that she has encountered before. Meanwhile, in the Cerritos, the question is how to defeat the Nova fleet. The answer, help from the Orions and use of one of their old ships, but it will come at a price. Back to Mariner, she takes matters into her own hands, boldly infiltrating Locarno's flagship and stealing his doomsday device, a powerful weapon capable of inflicting widespread destruction. With this stolen arsenal, Mariner and the Cerritos crew engage Locarno's fleet in fierce battle. Despite the smaller size of the Cerritos and its technological disadvantage, their teamwork and determination proved to be a formidable force against Locarno's haphazardly assembled fleet. Mariner confronts Locarno in a one-on-one duel, using her cunning and ability to outmaneuver him. With Locarno defeated and the fleet disbanded, Mariner learns a valuable lesson about the importance of cooperation and forgiveness. She realizes that making a positive impact on the galaxy requires collaboration, not individualism, and that holding on to grudges only hinders personal growth. The season finale concludes with the Cerritos crew having returned to their usual duties, having successfully averted a galactic crisis, and reaffirmed their commitment to, to Starfleet values to will remain in Starfleet, though the crew says goodbye to Tendi, who is recalled to Orion for now. Red alert. All hands stand to battle stations. Pete, we have a tactical analysis of this week's threats. Let's start with independent Captain Nick Locarno.
1: To bring Robert Duncan McNeil back here for this two-shot Essentially a one shot in the season to make him the big bad controlling this Nova one uh, driving the Nova fleet. This whole plan here uh, in the Detrion system, you know, he he's the guy that Mike McMahon could look through uh the what are we up to 11 series now throughout star trek history and you know build this whole uh storyline around
0: it, it's it's such a lower decks uh i mean that as a series it's such a lower decks villain to pull you know to pull from a place that on the one hand is somewhat niche i mean i don't think for anybody who you know who's a next generation fan it's not it's not niche on the one hand And on, on the other hand there's what 170 episodes of next generation and, and this guy is in a half hour of one episode um but it's 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 so wonderful we'll talk in theories a little bit by you know for kind of larger connections that Lacrono might represent but so authentically star trek and it's like this lower deck's lowercase lower decks bad guy who's fighting the lower decks uppercase crew like it's it, it it's just it's wonderful it's so mike mcmahon and also too you know in the background of star trek let's say certainly deep space nine forward a little bit next generation just this notion of not everybody loves the paradise of earth the paradise of the federation and the idea that there's enough people let's say across the quadrant including non-federation space of people who feel marginalized to make a nova fleet you know our our extended threat in this episode i feel like that tracks that tracks that not everybody is going to like their lot in life whether it's you know part of the cardassian union or or the klingon empire or the federation It, it just feels like it fits
1: And you have apparatus in those other cultures to move up through mutiny, but not so much in Starfleet and that an ex-Starfleet Academy uh, pupil is driving this and creates his own fleet here, complete with the logo from the maneuver, what killed one of his uh, co-pilots. Yeah,
0: it's, you yeah, know, which of course comes, we can see the hubris of Nick Locarno and we can say it's a fun journey, Robert Duncan McNeil and Locarno as a basis for who becomes Tom Parrott. Like you know, All of that is interesting, but like, let's not lose sight of the fact that <laughs> demonstrably Nick Locarno did a bad thing at the Academy. The demonstrable portion is, you know, the dead cadet. And here he is applying those same rules of do whatever you want, man, as long as you follow me. But we're all free, as long as you follow me. Collateral damage, hopefully not me. It's just all it, it's it's all there, kind of so wonderfully on display in what, again, is a short, not short by animation standards or Lower Decks episodes, but it's just a half hour, and we get so much depth to it.
1: Similarly, bureaucratic red tape on the Starfleet side. Hey, your lieutenant... Uh, also, your daughter has been abducted. No, no, we can't send you after them. But wait, these were coups These were coups, bloodless coups. Nobody's really been hurt. Nah, the urgency isn't there. And uh, they have to take the Cerritos uh, out on their own.
0: It's a tried and true method for Star Trek stories to say the rogue captain as supported by the crew and so forth. And then what's the consequence at the end? It's just don't do it again. Or thank goodness it all worked out. Have we ever
1: had a situation where a captain is taking a vessel rogue and someone has stood up and said, yeah, I'm getting out here. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look, you know. Because
1: that would be the most lower decks thing ever. To, jeff- <laughs> have, to have like livic be like yeah. drop me off at uh city alpha 5 please
0: yeah look oh, the, the board is lighting up everybody's for oh except for jeff on deck 12 uh he's asked to requisition a shuttle pod okay goodbye <laughs> like livic uh yeah exactly um yeah, i mean i look i think again this notion of red tape it's also we've seen the imperfect federation we know that it's this we know that there's a big bureaucracy to it to make the paradise the wheels of paradise require a lot of bureaucratic red tape um as sometimes it all just works out uh maybe that's a reflection of the american experiment as well sometimes there's sometimes there's major errors but some it, it all hopefully works out in the end that sort of thing
1: the black market Ferengi Genesis device here, really a Chekhov's gun we had seen several episodes back. Um, but between Mariner referring to it as a planetary murder machine, and then also lovingly as just GD when she takes it with her so that uh, uh, Locarno can't set it off. Um, and then ultimately, The most Ferengi thing ever that it has a paywall uh, that you have to insert strips of latinum so that it doesn't explode and there's no rewiring it there. There's no saving uh, the bad guy from the bomb
0: i'm sorry pete i was just making sure that my paramount plus uh credit card information was accurate so i can continue to enjoy star trek for a little while you had a
1: rough paramount plus experience trying to watch this
0: i did i happened to
1: talk about that villain let's talk about
0: that villain i happened to wake up 40 minutes before my alarm on thursday and i was like oh my goodness fate has delivered like, you know, I was excited for this episode, but it wasn't kind of, you know, a, a Christmas morning, you know, have to see how Mandalorian season two ends up, you know, kind of was just, oh, oh, I'm awake. Cool. Let me watch this. And in those early hours, so at that point, the episode had been online for less than three hours in that time on my uh, iPhone 14. So not an old phone on my home Internet, which is which blazes at commercial uh, speed. Um, yeah, I had the app crash twice in the first nine minutes and at the eight minute 45 mark all of a sudden the sound just cut out i don't know if that was the sound cut out of the file that the app was playing or if that was a further app issue but it's like there's that plus like and maybe it's just me i'd love to hear if it's other people anytime i click on paramount plus on my phone on the tv which i have an amazon fire stick uh at my parents house when we watch survivor on their uh apple uh Paramount Plus takes forever to buffer. And then, meanwhile, I click on other things and it's instantly 4K. It's instantly sharp in 4K from the the logo or from the Netflix ba bum or whatever it might be. I don't understand why this is such a terrible app in the year of our Lord 2023, in a year where subscriptions are now up to 63 million, which ain't nothing. I know I've described Paramount Plus as a middling or quote unquote part of the last place subscriber count. Uh, it's better than that it's a better financial situation than that why is the app terrible when i want to watch my star trek the morning that there's star trek
1: i have to confess i didn't have a problem running this episode i have well one i did get strangely logged out after the clocks went back so i don't know if that played a role through their um network or or infrastructure but uh I do have an issue when I watch and take notes on my um, my MacBook uh, Air, where if I pause it, as I frequently will, writing notes, so it's not going ahead and I'm not missing something. Um, if it's paused too long and I hit play again, it strangely jumps like 45 seconds and then I've got to uh, tap back for it.
0: I can only assume that the people that make Paramount Plus, not the shows, but the people that make Paramount Plus don't use Paramount Plus. I guess I, w- <laughs> I guess I would further assume that like probably Why the people <laughs> the, the people involved with this show, like, you know, the producers and whatnot probably are watching not watching on Paramount Plus. There's probably some sort of, you know, log into the internal server to see the latest edit or you know, or things of that sort. But like, my goodness, the thing doesn't work right. <laughs> Um, and, and that is with us on the positive side of the paywall. I will just mention sticking back with the the this Genesis device here. I will grant you, Pete, on the one hand, kind of structurally, it was a Chekhov's gun in that it was a very powerful story solution introduced in in, in uh, pri in a prior episode. It felt like when it was introduced on the fir- the Ferengi ship, um, it felt like it was just a neat... It felt like it was a funny joke. And I've spoken often about this kind of in-between place that Lower Decks can exist, where things are both serious and not serious, or things are... Um, like, you know, I think of the Baylock puppet-not-puppet puppet, last week, where it's like they're animating it to set up a joke. They're not animating it realistically within the world of Lower Decks animation Cause they're animated to look like a puppet and we just kind of go with it. Right. Similarly here. I was, it was not a theory of mine. The Genesis device shall return. It was just like, look, they did a funny ha And here it is actually, actually in many ways, the solution to the episode.
1: I applaud them that they're able to return to this, to cycle back the same way. We thought we were getting a one-off with the Orion wedding episode. And here, you know, De Erica Tendy winds up being a real big bad. She breaks up the team. To quote Rutherford, "No can do." Tendy too.
0: Um, I, it, it's funny. I saw. Let me ask you this, Pete. Was it shown in, in in trailers that she would be leaving, albeit for a little bit? But was that shown in trailers? No okay then there's somebody on Twitter who probably I guess maybe has early access remember when they had a Picard how they were just handing out if you if you ever if you ever looked at a news website they were just handing out press access I guess uh, there was somebody online that was like it's really gonna stink when Tendy leaves the show I was like oh that's a weird thing to say um then now it has come to pass I mean also baked into it is I think she or someone else says I'll be back soon so I don't think you know, this is not. Oh man, they wrote out Tendi permanently, but they wrote out Tendi short term, and I'll go with that. If if they killed off a person at the end of season one, only to bring him back through the mysteries of life and the stars, um, then sure, I'll play along with Tendy is gone for forever for now.
1: I don't think it's ever sold as forever, and we'll discuss that uh, in our next segment but also the Orion champion Ba'eth on our list of threats here.
0: Yeah, she could have helped more without the deal making and so forth. Um, And you make reference to the supposed one-off of the Orion episode for the entire season where you and I both have been a bit dubious as to this idea of it's the first, you know, serialized season. Saying, oh, I don't know, I don't know, but let's, let's see how it ends up at the very end you know i I think we had zero complaints about the orion wedding episode but it takes on greater importance now certainly through the lens of this episode let's use our long-range sensors to scan for some theories and pete i'd like to start with nick locarno I wonder, you know, this is Star Trek. This is Star Trek that could be a mirror to our times that can be political and so forth. Has Mike McMahon plucked out Nick Locarno to hold a little bit of a mirror up to the mindset that some people have of, you know, I'm a certain kind of a bro. I'm a certain kind of guy. Can't I do what I want? What do you mean you tell me I can't do what I want? I'm going to go rogue. I'm going to form a group. I'm going to this. I'm going to, you know, I'm not saying that this is, a deeply like this is an anti-Michigan militia anti-January 6th but I think that that kind of mindset Star Trek is having a conversation with that kind of mindset of like what do you mean just because somebody got killed now I don't get to work here anymore I'm gonna do my own thing you mean a dude who didn't finish his education makes a poor decision Uh, there's that too there's that too um and it turns out I guess he wasn't around even even for the leadership classes that that was kind of part of the fun of the episode i think we all know it's the end of the season we all know locarno's getting beat at the end of the half hour but to have his own people be like wait you you can't actually tell me what to do because we're we're a union of equals uh a a confederation if you will um yeah i think it's all baked in there i don't think it's just you know mike mcmahon fondly remembered nick locarno from one episode it's Nick Locarno has something to say to Mike McMahon's Star Trek in 2023.
1: Well, listen, the the show opens with the flashback to Starfleet Academy 13 years before complete with Boothby, you know, roaming around, though we don't hear from him and, and that's the way that should be done. Um, you're not going to attempt to recreate Ray Walston, um, you know so what do we establish here mariner is approximately you know 30 31ish now you figure you entered at 17 18 she was a first year academy student all right you you see josh albert the the boy who dies in that uh you know first duty uh star trek the next generation episode um that further gets explained by ransom uh in exposition a little bit later um and that mariner had had met wesley uh again a, a very lower decks idea i mean my goodness matt they pulled uh cedo jaxa actress shannon phil back after a 28 year absence from hollywood
0: it's it it's bonkers it's also so authentically you know uh, it, it's what this show can do i mean it helps it's animation and even if even if she's left the hollywood area you sit and go hey can you can you hop on google meet do you have a good mic if not we'll send you a hundred dollar mic do you have a quiet you know cl- padded closet or, or something like that quiet area to get clean sound so it's easy enough to do in the animation area but it's that extra little bit of care to say we're going to go get this actress
1: it's such a flavor of the show i didn't even have to question for long i'm like that sounds like they probably brought that lady back and boom there it is okay she's now like a clinical worker in uh california and and we get it man hollywood doesn't last forever for you know so many of these people that's uh, just another illustration again why It's so important that these valued, talented performers be protected from AI uh, so that, you know, somebody who does something 28 years ago, they don't just uh, feed it through uh, an app and get what they need out of it.
0: Looking ahead, based on the trajectory for Mariner in this episode, I don't think we're going to get a... um kind of a toothless declawed mariner for season five but you know has the blatant disrespect and the kind of throwing caution to the wind has mariner evolved past that given her kind of self-reflection in in the last two episodes
1: well several episodes you know she's had this Death wish, this is on we that she's needed to uh, really work through and it comes full circle in this episode that she's resolved it. Um, you know, if it's announced tomorrow, the fifth season is the final one. I think it's going to make a lot of sense. Nobody's going to be surprised and it's also going to give them the chance to end it on their terms. And as McMahon has said himself, you know, oh, that I would get to run a five season Star Trek show. Push aside the fact that it's animated, okay, and that it's the longest running animated show they've ever had. Um, it's still given us a, a wealth of story, of laughs, of playing around with these tropes. Um, and. You know, surely they could have put themselves in a position where you don't do the, hey, we've got to talk to you about your lieutenant. Uh, The assumption is we're talking about your daughter, and instead it's really Tendi. And now the Cerritos and Freeman, who gambled with the Orions, has to make good and give uh, their crew member uh, the sister – the mistress of the winter constellations back uh, in what I think is going to be a really fun arc. You're going to get to see her reluctantly kicking butt as a pirate.
0: Yeah, I think I think back to our reflections on perhaps even the first several seasons of Lower Decks and saying, I wish we had more uh more stuff for tendy to do more tendy flashback more tendy action in the present time and so forth i would bet she's back you know by the end of episode two maybe comes back in the middle of episode three of the next season um so it won't be uh, similar to the number one situation in stranger world season one season two um maybe they play with it and there's no resolution in the first episode but you know it It's not sold to us as she's being written out. Uh, And I almost took the most solace in that, that it really is just setting up an interesting arc and then she'll be back on her journey uh, on the Cerritos and so forth. Um, I find myself completely completely satisfied by where she is headed and what she has done in this episode.
1: I think, too, we'll see her sooner than that. I don't know how you begin that fifth season without checking in on her. Maybe that's the way it begins. And then we, you know, double back to the Cerritos. Um, But whoever had said, oh yeah, she's, she's written out. uh, No, (laughs) she's not written out. This is part of the show and that the credits are even sold to you differently than normal um, helps to make that clear. And let's not forget, you had Talyn fully commit to the Cerritos now, her, granted, not massive arc, one of wanting to uh, reprove, rejoin the uh, Vulcan Science Command, and now, hey, I don't need them. And I will decline the message from my former captain. Of course he wants me back now. No. I'm going to stay with the Cerritos. So at least temporarily she fills uh, Tendi's, um, you know, absence. Uh, bummer there that, you know, now she's committed as a science bestie and doesn't get to be there uh, with her science bestie in, in Tendi. Um, if anything, the thing that was the least to Lynn in this episode was her Uttering the phrase "Cerritos Strong,"
0: look, I was going to say it's so unique, and I was going to talk about T'Polin as a Vulcan, and I'm like, wait, but it's Star Trek. We have Spock. We, you know, we've had all these characters, but I think that where T'Polin's presentation is different is we get to see her thus far, and perhaps more so in season five, we get to see her leaning into the joy of friendship. I mean, for as close as Kirk and Spock and McCoy were, there was that kind of playful distance of, you know, somebody said something funny at Spock's expense, or he doesn't, he doesn't understand why there's such and such. And it's the end of an episode, so the music goes, and kind of we have a little joke and McCoy and Kirk laugh. To kind of have Tolyn leaning into the affection of friendship, but doing so in this Vulcan way, I feel like that's a new. A new perspective on a on a very old trope, the Vulcan in Starfleet. Um, and it's heartwarming. It's heartwarming because though it's at a distance, she she wants that friendship, she wants that fellowship, she wants to be Cerrito strong. And as you're saying, Pete, she has now an extra albeit quiet and hidden away behind the shrouds of emotion, but she has an extra reason to try and get her science bestie back for whatever those, you know, for whatever that arc is gonna look like.
1: I like that, that she tried to come up with a scientific solve to return her friend. Speaking of science, Matt, we now have the creation of the M-class Locarno planet as a result of the Ferengi Genesis device. We got... Robert Duncan McNeil could we bring life back from lifelessness and uh you know you could have some fun there the the Rick and Morty verse has had a planet that has an identity that you know of course uh Rick Sanchez had sex with and and made uh, a race of uh children um could we do something with uh locarno returning in some way
0: could you yes should you i don't know i mean it's been done and i know that fine the the trope has been every lower deck season has a classic trek movie poster and ostensibly a classic trek movie theme or arc to it
1: oh do they do they correct the sins of star trek 5 what does God need with a starship do do they do the rock people in animation <laughs> the the ones that proved so expensive that shadner had to abandon that idea
0: the ones that I believe were had had smoke coming out of them and somehow they were using cigarette smoke or something like that <laughs> I have some vague memory Shatner wrote a Either Shatner or Shatner's daughter wrote a book about Who the making of Star Trek.
1: You get passed over by Sean Connery, okay, because he made a different Paramount picture uh, for that summer of 1989, and yet still, you had to come up with super cheap budget solves that that didn't make the movie because you're. Your antagonist in the third act, um, yeah, just does not hold up in the least.
0: I would welcome Lower Deck Season 5 somehow revisiting Star Trek 5. The 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 Galactic Barrier? The Galactic Barrier, the God Planet, the Rock people. I would welcome that more than... Locarno re Locarno nated uh, on the
1: planet um the galactic planet of peace could we could we return (laughs) see what they're up to (laughs)
0: we certainly could we certainly could I I think I'd I'd prefer those things versus we're going to do a copy paste from Star Trek 2 Star Trek 3 and when someone is killed in proximity to a Genesis device planet they are able to come back in some capacity I feel like that to do that with Nick Locarno is too close to the original versus kind of rearrange, rearranging the, 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 the chairs on the deck of Star Trek's own Titanic, Star Trek five, um, Titanic in the historic sense, not the film sense, um, that I would, that I would definitely be a fan of.
1: What about this idea in this episode, Matt, um, when you look at the number of lower deckers they show throughout, uh, the Temerian fleet has their own uh, towel guy. Um, and then strangely included uh, archaeologists, independent archaeologist Petra Aberdeen uh, in the number of people who were watching the Locarno announcement
0: this show has such a great um kind of expanded cast uh you know guest faces and so forth um and to have done it in 40 episodes it's, it's astonishing i think it's a little bit of a uh, you know a footprint of the deep space nine um mindset on how to create a show um, and of course it's super easy for any of these people to come back because you already at the very least you already have the character designs ready to go if it's a non-speaking role and it's not even really an issue of money as much as it is you know heck you might even already have the shot you need just you know it's all digital you know zoom in zoom out plunk them on a different setting have your background person create a temerian bridge or this or that um it's it, the, the notion of these different ships that look like look like the cerritos and the cerritos crew that's a fun it's a fun joke that they've that they've done before um also it's like once again i guess once again we have a star trek episode where somebody can do a quadrant-wide announcement or federation-wide announcement to share things it's like the worst version of a reply all email <laughs> um but 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 there it is nonetheless
1: All right, so speaking of ships that look like other ships, I'm going to own this here even before I get taken to task uh, by at least one of our listeners um, in our uh, mail. But uh, the Nova 1 and the Koala, um, it didn't come to pass, but that, I mean, we don't have McMahon here to ask, and we could certainly try. I think it was made to intentionally look that way if they didn't veer away from it.
0: Well, it's a couple of thoughts. First of all, maybe the koala is part of all of us, and therefore therefore that that's your save. Um maybe maybe it just hasn't revealed to be a thing yet. Okay. We still have we still have uh Billy Boehm's section thirty one. Out there as a story point. Maybe next season it's revealed. Maybe the koala nova ship connection is fully revealed then.
1: What about um the Locarno Tom Paris comparisons or what my notes say here, Tom Parisons? I mean, it it it
0: is leaning into the the weird truth of it you know the weird behind the scenes same actor so on and so forth to hand wave it away you know i don't they don't look alike no they look identical like it (laughs) it, it's all part of the joke it's all part of the fun um i i was gonna say it's yet another lower text thing i think that even in live action this is a discussion where you sit and go we're just having fun with the fact that we brought back the guy and there's no way around it um and That's a welcome, that was a welcome joke. That was a welcome kind of explanation slash not explanation that they, some of them see it and some of them don't see it because both are true. They both look like Robert Duncan McNeil McNeil, and they both are separate characters that are wholly different people on their own. And the characters are in no way connected. So both truths are true.
1: And it's what fans have been talking about for, nearly 30 years why does this character look just like this character played by the same actor uh secret reveal coming no but at least two officers in an episode of star trek have now discussed it uh around this totally independent unaligned fleet the first ever <clears throat> wait uh the maquis would like a word
0: um Do we know that the Maquis did not have a command structure in in any? Surely the Maquis must have had some sort of, whether they're sitting there with ranks and badges or it's just like, you know, I'm a lieutenant and you're a sub-lieutenant, therefore in a firefight you listen to me and not vice versa. I mean, surely surely the military nature of the Maquis was such that they had a hierarchy.
1: I think it's a little of whatever the story needs okay I. Um, but what's unclear nova fleet these vessels were not destroyed they were uh reappropriated yet we saw the wreckage and we were in those scenes it's not what was seen by others or anything uh, yeah like... uh,
0: it, it was not a doctored hollow thing
1: yeah that was a little unwieldy
0: um i would agree and i bet that if we had mike mcmahon here which honestly mike fantastic just just send us a message okay you can come on anytime.
1: DMs are
0: open, man what's that our dms are always open dms are open as well um I think probably it could be explained away like oh well you know some of the, the 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 tips of the the tips of the disruptor cannon that's what got blown got blown off it was not that I, you know probably you could explain it away um, but I would agree Pete that in a larger sense the show did visually lie to us because when you see an explosion and very little left the assumption is that what what you don't see has been blasted to smithereens, not that it's been dot, 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 because I can't quite fill it in. They didn't transport it away because it's, I think by Star Trek rules, these ships are too big to run through a transporter. I don't think they did a dimensional portal or like
1: whatever it was. Wreckage, essentially, right? That would have been good enough to pass muster of... This is fuselage from our vessel uh, that has the logo of the race or the fleet on it. Oh, these, these attacks continue. There was another one. We found debris.
0: Pete, it's almost here's a brand new Fantastic Geek podcast rule. What if these <laughs> problems could be solved in one line of dialogue, for example? <laughs> and we've been leaving debris to make everyone think that the ships were destroyed okay then then that solves part of it if you then want to say well i'm still not entirely clear how they transported the ship away Uh, okay well at least you've given me the beginning which is the thing that you saw was a lie hiding the truth and maybe we're not going to explain the truth through virtutron rays or an iconian uh planetary portal you know whatever it is you can go okay well you already told me that the truth was a lie so whatever your other fictional answer is I I i will accept that by inference
1: We're told that all of the officers aligned with Ricarno uh, got away. Can we expect, should we expect that they could return?
0: I don't know. Um, We've had, I mean, the biggest cliffhanger that this show has dealt with across a season was the loss of captain freeman that correct me if i'm wrong got resolved that was ju- that was just one episode right that whole journey of her trial plus the lower deckers going to yes. bozeman and uh widower transporter guy and this and that was all wa- so i mean again if you solve the that, next episode yeah so like if you solved it in, in a show that has been in continual production you know we show that's been in continual production which is to say though we consume these episodes on a seasonal basis they get done with you know the the mom cliffhanger and go whoa good job everybody and on monday we start the next episode it's probably of course not that you know kind of black and white but just the point being are we going to spend a lot of time next season with the whole search for the other people Eh? or do you want to give us a federation news network update In the last six months, the people have been finally captured. And then we go, whoa, it's also been six months without Tendi. Maybe that's the best way to do it, which is it's just a thing there to show the passage of time. So future Matt, you can be right when in September 2024, it's just a hop, skip and a jump for all these people to be captured.
1: The whole coda to this episode, to this season feels like we're putting the pieces together for a possible exit strategy um a couple hits here Matt they're impressed at uh you know the top levels with captain Freeman is she on the ascent and does that open the chair for a captain ransom who's super happy with an acting captain captain Boimler uh to turn into, his exo and, uh, you know, really sink its teeth into his captain fever. I,
0: I have a couple of thoughts. First is I don't want this show to end, but do I imagine that we have eight more seasons of now they're Lieutenant junior's grade Lieutenant's junior grade? Um, okay. No, at a certain point, things need to need to move on. Also, in the last week, I just kind of found myself saying, you know, I could use a little pick-me-up. Uh, and I went back and, you know, watched the Lower Decks Stranger Worlds crossover, which is just golden. Every moment of it is golden. And it left me saying, you know, I also want more of these characters in live action. Um, and I'm not saying that they're setting up a Lower Decks live action spin off or anything like that. But Star Trek needs to continue to evolve. Um, we saw that, you know, with classic Trek gone too soon. And then the move to animation, the move to movies. Um, one of the things that has aged less, at least great about next generation is there. It's really just in that episodic one a week, you know, Oh man, you were captured by the Borg and helped kill millions of people. You get an episode to think about how that stinks and maybe you fight, your brother in the mud, but now everything's fine. Um, So I'd rather this show, whatever the end game is, whether it's renewed for, whether it's fifth season is it, whether it's renewed for a sixth and final season, whatever it is, let's continue to grow these characters, not kind of keep them held in place at the expense of, you know, the concept is they are lower deckers. Therefore, it's even a stretch to be like Boimler is the XO on a garbage class ship. That's kind of the lower deck admin, uh, like like no, it needs to be the whole like now I need to, you know, clean the holodeck and sh- shovel alien horse poo and like those sorts of things. That that's what that's what the show is, and when it ceases to be that, then you could turn you could use these characters elsewhere, turn it into something else or or whatever that might be.
1: There was nothing lower decks about the special effects and the music in this episode whether it was the Trinar shield, uh, the the crystal debris, or even the level seven ion storm that uh, we found ourselves in, or even the way that uh, Star Trek II was continually evoked, both visually and musically. Across multiple
0: ways to, to measure a show's quality, even though you know we've said all season, I have not liked this season as much as some of the other seasons. Like this season of Lower Decks, in my mind, is superior to twenty-nine of the thirty episodes of Star Trek: Picard. Uh, it's superior to most of the last two seasons of Discovery. Um, it's not better than than uh, most of Strange New. Most of the twenty episodes of Strange New Worlds if not all of them, but like it point is it, it it's really, really up there. And it's not just because characters are funny and it's not just because sometimes when they have a room filled with things, some of those things are things that I remember from another show. Like it's not just the nostalgia. It's not just the characters that we sympathize with. This is a fully fledged production and you're right. The music is fantastic. The animation slash effects are fantastic. Um, I don't want to say that this show is better than animation because we also say each week, here are these uniquely animated moments. Um, But there's a core to this show that is better than its initial concept, which I think is probably true of all great shows.
1: And then when you have the Genesis device go off, that they put in a a not-so-hidden detail like the Nova squadron logo that's on Locarno's jacket. That is the exhaust trail that uh, the ships would have done in the maneuver had they executed it properly. And instead of killing their, their classmate uh, that is left in the stars.
0: Or even another detail when there is that explosion, there's kind of the, the, the haze halo effect um, yes. which is pulled out of Star Trek 2 yep. um just the whole the whole thing you can tell and you if you follow some of these some of the animators and so forth on on social media the love that they have for the Star Trek that has come before the love that they have for the job that they are doing making these episodes you know that's that's the real beating heart to this show um it's 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 a very lower deck thing it's the entire crew it's not just look they have you know meg ryan's kid and uh the captain is played by somebody who was friends with michelle nichols and so and uh this fred guy who's been in played gravelly animation voices not for, that fred guy yeah not that fred guy but you know it's it's it this really is a team effort in a really beautiful way on that note let's open hailing frequencies hailing frequencies open sir Let's start with Twitter, as we always do. Pete, the options here, one rank pip. Why make Nick bad? Zero percent. <laughs> I'm really glad that nobody, even non-listeners or or ironically or whatever, nobody went for the, uh, you know, all, all of a sudden they're demonizing Nick Lacarno He's uh,
1: misunderstood. Why is a guy that now has a scar on his eyebrow bad?
0: <laughs> Two pips lowly lieutenant got zero percent three pips commanding end 16 percent and four pips stellar 84 percent some replies here first one uh from spider ham lincoln continuing his uh his his poetry here it's going to spell out still no koala and he says so this new genesis planet is now locarno's legacy nope i don't see it he's obviously not tom paris Colvard starbursts are oh so deadly for Joshua Albert, and this episode showcases lower deck's awesomeness and staying power. Pete, he is the great poet of our age.
1: Yes, and uh, still no koala. Yes, you're you're right.
0: Uh, And I'll just say yet, still no koala yet. We hear from (laughs) Pumpkins. Well,
1: I I wanted to, in an acrostic form, come up with Y E T what i what i would say back but uh i i just couldn't swing it pumpkin spice
0: has no pumpkin at kclyle1 on twitter says so good this story could have been uh could have made a good live action episode in one of the shows uh maybe without some of the jokes the ship ramming to the shield would have been epic in quote-unquote live action can't believe another lower deck season is already over rutherford insisting that Locarno just looks uh looks just like paris and boimler being i don't see it so great so uh now the long wait for another season we are getting getting another season right pete it is confirmed season five work is underway
1: yes. it is in production
0: uh last tweet comes from admiral funnest frontier that's at Dex lower fantastic finale for a fantastic season i can't wait for season five Pete, this voyage through the fourth season, of course, not done yet. Going to do a season wrap next week, but the this entire episode run has been made possible by those who support us on Patreon.com slash Fantastic Geek. And our ongoing thanks to all who are part of the crew.
1: Yes, and a need for people to go and vote for how we will do at least one of the shows we're going to cover uh, that you can do for free and check out anything else uh, you might want to pay for, but the beauty of Patreon, you, the listener, place the value on our content and help us do so so much. Support our backlog, everything else. So get yourself over to Patreon.com/slash/FantasticGeek with the P and the H, all one word. Check it out today. Can't contribute right now? You can help. You can go to Apple Podcasts. You can leave a rating. Uh, in seconds for this podcast you can leave a review in just a little while longer you can do this for all of our 34 podcast feeds and again help people find us pete
0: an uncertain future for star trek is de rigueur for star trek fans okay picard has finished its run discovery the final season Talk of the academy show, but you can't cast it during a strike, and etc. etc. These are not stressful times for a Star Trek fan, this is just part of the ebb and flow. So, how can people continue their Star Trek conversation with you on social media?
1: You can find me on Twitter, you can find me on Threads on Blue Sky, all as. Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 12,600. Can't be wrong.
0: Well, I'm personally on Twitter. Is Looking Back Lost. Do me touch with the podcast. Comment on fantasticgeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, and Threads, where we are fantastic geek as well. But wait,
1: Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash fantasticgeek with the P-H. All one word. Like it today on
0: the pop culture podcast feed next week marvel studios saturday discussing the end of the season or series or more for loki and of course back next star trek sunday to reflect on this jaunty uh, season of star trek lower decks with that pete i will say adios to all the listeners and give you the final word
1: hell yeah let's stick it to those chumps and how exactly are we sticking it to those chumps by the way (laughs) I wish I could kiss her and squeeze her.
0: Excuse me?